A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily uh, with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. And uh, we're going to give you a kind of bumper edition today. That's because, how good the show was. Well, I'd like to think so. Um, Ralph Little came in. He's uh, got the, the dream actor's gig, Death in Paradise. Yep. He obviously loves his football, so uh, we had a chat with him. We spoke to one half of a couple that have gone on an odyssey over 14 years playing all the mini golf courses in this country. I think it's actually better than it sounds, so stick with that. Uh, and Matt Scott, the analyst, came in. Uh, he had some very interesting numbers. He crunched the numbers he does every week on the midfield in the Premier League and came up with a few unlikely names, including one who shouldn't be at the bottom of the Prem but should be playing in the new Camp or the Bernabeu, according Absolutely. to him. Yeah. Plus, we had a bit of a chat, and he had another incident on his way in. Only him, uh, and here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Important before we get on to last night's game. Yeah, I was going home after the, the show last night. Same thing on the Jubilee line. Yeah. No, no, on the district line. Mind your own business. Mind yeah. my own business. Is, turn around the woman next to me. I can see she's in trouble. She's going to develop the worst nosebleed you've ever seen. Oh, really? I know. So her friend's sitting across the road and she's handing her tissues. And I'm saying to her, would you, would you like to sit here? Yeah, because I'm next to your friend. <laughs> it's like a Sam Peckinpah so film. Oh, no, no, it's okay. She said, it's okay. So she stood there in front of me, handing. It was like Denny Mancini <laughs> tending to Henry Cooper. Really? You needed, cut, you needed to cut. You needed to cut. Get the, the adre- Get the iron on the adrenaline on it. Yeah. Well, that's that where does this happen? So why is it always you? Yeah, Andy? I have no idea. So w- did she get off the? Um... No, no. Eventually, fortunately, it did stop. It after. stopped. Did it? I did think of offering her some medical advice, and I thought, you know what? <laughs> but then you realised you weren't a doctor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just it could have case, been, but you never really just bothered. In case yeah. it went wrong, and then she decided yeah. to sue me. So what, I decided. What was the medical advice you were going to offer? Uh, I think it was lean back. <laughs> That's not really medical advice, is it? You couldn't charge nose, for pinch that. Pinch your nose at the top like that and lean back. I Does that one work? What's the, know, let's I ask the listeners. Sure. That's why I didn't advise her because I wasn't sure that was exactly the right thing. Yeah, but it wouldn't be great if you're sitting there starting to choke on her own blood and <laughs> exactly. say, oh this, is, oh, this is where I get off. Good luck. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. So I thought, no, woman gurgling on the floor. <laughs> uh, maybe the listeners can uh, clear this. What's the best way to stop a nosebleed? Case yeah. Andy's on the... Because tr- it's going to happen to him again, let's be honest. <laughs> the same woman's going to bite into an apple, going to bang herself in the nose or something, and he's going to get a nosebleed <laughs> as well. So, I don't know how you do it. Nothing happens to me. I get no, on the no. train, I go home, that's it. 
Yeah, nothing you happened. Know, I agree. This just happens to be two You're in like two a days. Mayhem magnet, aren't you? Really? I am. That's, yeah. that's my name. So, um, what a solid performance by Spurs last night. <laughs> I think the, the, the words "never in doubt" were, weren't far from my lips throughout the ninety odd minutes. How did you win that game? It's I've got no idea. I did Honestly. say to you, I've spent quite a lot of time under a, a fantastic manager who um, who would play wonderful football and where yeah. we dominate possession and ultimately lose. And I'm now going to have to get used to a manager <laughs> where we have 25% of the ball, uh, two chances compared with the opposition's 26, and we win. So maybe I I, I'm just going to have to get used to it. Look, great comeback by Spurs against yeah, a very good team. Yeah, they did show a lot of spirit. They showed a lot of heart, a lot of spirit. Deli Alley looked good when he came on, and the finishing was terrific. Yeah, but and they were, they were shed of a few important players. It's been the players. second game running at the new Tottenham Stadium where the goal looks like it's charmed. I don't know what's happened there. I know, yeah, yeah. It was incredible. And uh, even the first goal, they were so on top. And that one was like a Indombele. Indombele, yeah. Who looks a bit of a player, actually. But I don't know if he was... Uh, it was definitely going well, unless he was going for a deliberate snooker-style in-off. I, <laughs> I think he was. Big fan knew, of the old Joe he, Davis. He knew what he was doing. He looked at the angles, <laughs> looked at Jack Stephen, looked at the angles and knew he could get it, he could get it in there. I can't believe that they still play McNamara's band, a quite terrible version of it. So it sounds really odd in the new stadium when they come out in the second half and they were playing it. It's, I know it's a nod to tr- yeah. tradition, but we it play does it, seem a bit odd. We play at um, half time. Now yeah, we come half out. Time, we used yeah. to the con- it was half time. It's, it's an old song, and the team used to come out to it in the sixties mm. and, and certainly the seventies when I first went. But now it's played up for the start of the second half. But mm. I love it. I mean, it's a bit like you know, you've had other songs, but you still play "Blue Is the Color." Oh, the Liquidator it sounds, and all it sounds that. No, it's a, a nod to tradition. I remember. Is, I, I think I'm right in saying when Mike Walker was at Everton. Um, they they got rid of Z cars for a period, and they would play. Was playing some sort of soft rock nonsense. They're trying to get the crowd going, yeah. and as soon as Joe Raw came back, you know, so did Z cars. Well, I think it's fair <laughs> so, enough, really. Yeah. But it, you know, it was a, it was a great game. It was a good replay, wasn't it? And uh, you know, two one, it looked. You know, Spurs looked out of it. But, yeah. You know. um, James is a paramedic. He lives in Essex. Oh, and good. it's a good job you didn't give your no, inverted commas medical advice yeah. because a paramedic says pinch the top of your nose and lean forward so you don't choke on your own blood. <laughs> Thank you, James. So, what I actually joked about, well, I'd say joked about, <laughs> what would have happened. Give her the advice because I wasn't sure whether it was forward or back. Yeah. I didn't want to say anything. So Alex says the same thing. Lean forward, pinch your nose, Andy. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. Uh, well, and thank you for telling me. Kia yeah. says, um, so you'd know next time, wouldn't My you? My nose isn't actually bleeding, but thank Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> well, at the I'm moment not, it is. I'm not expecting. It's never happened to me before in 67 when, years. I don't expect it to. When happen the woman's again. husband <laughs> listens to this and comes down the studio saying you could have killed my wife, <laughs> I think you find it might be bleeding. Can I just say? That oh yeah, after... pinch. This could save oh, yeah. someone's life. Oh, this. Yeah, um, Kia says pinch just below the hard part of the top for at least 10 minutes and lean forward. I'm everybody's put exclamation marks. Oh, that's interesting. Um, okay. So there we are. So Kia, and everybody says. Well, I'm going with the paramedic because he's a paramedic. Yeah, so he must right. know about it. Really, I was going to give her some medical advice that he just said <laughs> which which could have killed her well, that's right thankfully you didn't can I just say that yesterday having made a big fuss of it being Tarby's birthday and you taking the mickey out of me it wasn't no it wasn't it's today <laughs> anyway me. good old Tarby happy birthday Jim yeah. I'm sure he's enjoying this season of course with Liverpool oh, yeah, running away with it loving it yes so coming up this afternoon Apart from uh, medical advice, if you've got any, if you need any medical advice from Andy Jacobs, uh, we'll <laughs> call, a little feature called Ask, "Ask Doctor Jacobs," where you ask him some medical advice, he'll give it to you, and we'll see how sound that, that medical is so advice dangerous. is. Well, I'm not. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying take any notice of it. What I'm asking for is your response to their request, and then we'll get a real take on it. But we won't put it out as gospel. 
Yeah. Uh, we're not we're not suggesting you are a medical you're not of any kind of doctor. <laughs> no, 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 really. no doctor at all. So, yeah, you could be right. That is quite dangerous. Maybe we won't do <laughs> that. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. We're going to talk about a sporting odyssey. And uh, this is a couple that have spent the last 14 years mm. travelling round uh, this Septon Isle playing mini golf. It's incredible. Their isn't plan it? was to play um, every single mini golf course uh, in in Great Britain. I was staggered about the number there are, but anyway, we can yeah. talk about that. Uh, joining us now, one half mm. of the couple uh, with his uh, wife Emily, uh, Richard Godfrey. Good afternoon, Richard. Good afternoon. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is never-ending quest. A never it's ending. a fantastic when, quest. When did it go from "Oh, let's play another crazy uh, golf course" to "Let's try and play them all"? When did you? When was there a kind of critical mass before you thought we got we got to see this through? Well, it was kind of a sliding doors moment back in 2006 when I won a free game on the lucky last hole at the Treasure Island Adventure Golf Course in South Sea. Right. And we were playing a game with my little brother Christopher, um, and um, I won a free game there. We came home, we checked online, we saw there were 600 courses, and we were like, okay, let's, uh, let's see how many we can go to weekends away. Um, and then, yeah, after a few hundred, we're like, oh, we've kind of got to keep going with this, keep going with this. <laughs> and then 2015, we hit our 600th courses down in, um, in Dorset. Mm. Um, and at that point, we were like, oh, there's about 50 more courses to go. And then we got the, t- and then the next 50 done. And the game is just absolutely booming at the moment. Wow. There are new courses opening up. Or we're hearing about them like every day, every other day. So I heard about two courses yesterday. There's about 1,200 now. So, you know, there's still a fair way to go. What's the, uh, a fair, a fair <laughs> way to go? The What's nine, the 945? I yeah, I mean, that's, they're at that. That's been yeah, added that's to 250 to go. That's right. Well, yeah. um, What's the best uh, for anybody who fancies a real top-level premium game of uh, mini golf? What's the best you think you've encountered so far, Richard? Oh, top! Well, tough one. Top, my my favourite type of course is Arnold Palmer putting courses, mm-hmm. um, built in the 1960s, classic design, a real test of skill with a with a dash of luck. You need to to get a few holes in one. You can find great ones of those down in Hastings, uh, Prestatyn, Cleethorpe, Skegness. Um, I'd like I, I do like um, Splash Point Mini Golf in Worthing. Mm. I've done well there in tournaments and playing against Emily. Um, <laughs> Emily would probably say Lyme Regis in Dorset because she destroyed me on that course, right. and it's also got very nice views. But um, yeah, there's so many around; it's hard to pick a, a specific top top number right. one course. But what? there are so many to play. And what's the mm. score between you and Emily? Have you been keeping count who's who's won the most games? Well, we've got. Boxes and boxes of scorecards of every course <laughs> and every round we've played. And um, for, for the first seven or eight years, I did meticulously keep a record of the who'd won and who'd lost. And it was about 50-50 at that point. Um, we do keep a record on our blog and on our on our social media as well. Um, it's, it is pretty much, there's only ever one or two shots in it, but every once in a while, one of us will just play an absolute blinder and win by about 10 shots. Um, but then our taste of courses is, is different. Emily likes different courses to, to I like, so we tend to play play better on on ones that, that we that we like the look of or like playing more. Right. There's got to be a book in this, surely. I, I, <laughs> I played in one in Acton in a park in Acton, which was really good actually. I don't know if you've played that one. Do you know, great fun. You said there's a kind of more courses being built. Are they are they getting better as well? Um, there are some that are some are really really good. Some not so good. Some are sort of cashing in on. The, the boom 
Um, but, you know, some are taking the influence from the, the traditional seaside game because, you know, when we started, it was it was to go around to different seasides. Now we're finding ourselves more and more visiting towns and cities inland or, or revisiting courses that, that have been refurbished or renovated. So that's a, that's a good thing about it, that courses are being brought up to, to standard because we've seen some some absolute horrors, some real... Uh, <laughs> We've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly of crazy yeah. golf on our travels. So, where's next? Where's your next uh, destination? Uh, going to be going down to Norfolk, um, right. and then Bournemouth. Uh, we've got a trip down to Bournemouth planned, um, <laughs> but then you know, en route to all of these destinations. Like, uh, earlier on it last year, we we set off and we were expecting to visit one course down in Southampton, and we ended up visiting eighteen. So Blimey. we. We never know. We never know where one's going to pop up. It's a secret to a successful marriage, clearly, as well, isn't yeah, it? Is it? You don't. You don't fall out. Finally, you never have any rows. No, we've we've never had a single argument about crazy golf. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Me and Jacobs here on Talk Sport, making a welcome return to the studio. And indeed, our screen's Death in Paradise. He is, uh, he is it, joining it. this week. It's yeah. Ralph Little. Good to see you, Ralph. Hello. Good to be here, as always. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, fancy new studio. Oh, yeah. Oh, very With nice. With the view yeah. of uh, the Tower Bridge and everything. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. There's no San Marie, though. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, yeah. If we're going to do workplace <laughs> views, I think I do definitely <laughs> edge it. Yeah. We've, we've had Chris Marshall and Arlon in the past. And so we know. I mean, we've made the joke about, uh, you know, well, what a great gig but it is work isn't it i mean it's, it not, it's not a five-month holiday it, it is well you know it is true we don't we don't um we don't lie by the pool all day <laughs> and uh there, there are chance to be a fine thing um but i I think there's always been a sort of slight thing which I'm um, people keep saying to me stop telling everyone how great it is um, <laughs> because I think there's always been a thing of going well you know it's it's not as great as you think it's like yeah it's work it's hard work but and it's hot and it's long hours and it's actually physically demanding but here's the thing at the end of the day you can swim in the Caribbean Sea oh, so yeah. you know swings and roundabouts I think it's good uh, for the guest stars though actually it's really it's harder the, well, for you the best guests well like, yeah I mean I mean every scene and we start really early as well we, we start you know often up at five because we have to it goes dark early, so we have to use daylight. But yeah, uh, yeah the guest stars, the, the best gig to get, if there are any actors listening to this who might get asked, is to be the victim. Because you come out, you do the first like two days filming That's of all I the said. flashbacks, and then you're not in it at all till like basically the last day. So it's like, how long do you need me out there? Two weeks, yeah. And how many days am I filming? Two and a half, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. brilliant. Isn't yeah. It? yeah, Nigel Planer was in earlier on, and he'd he'd been in one episode. And yeah, he said yeah, it was it was a, a bit of a, it's that call that you want. Yeah, isn't it? It, it really is. Yeah, well, yeah. like yeah, when I got the call, I I couldn't believe it. I kept on pinching myself and. Um, because well, because I've already done it before. I was a guest on the show before in series two. Mm. Um, I was not the murderer. I was I was the red herring. But uh, we were sort of as I was out to the producers going, "Are we gonna? Are we gonna acknowledge it? Um, my character's not connected to him at all. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Okay, are we gonna acknowledge it? Are we gonna have like a funny little like in joke about it? And they're like, "No, our plan is just to just." Yes. Hope no one notices. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody did. Yeah, they, oh, so really, they picked it up straight. Oh away, yeah, well, the, you know, the fans are eagle-eyed, and yeah, they spotted yeah, it very course. quickly. I read an interview with you. You were talking about this, the show, and uh, was it? I can't remember the first. Who was the first? Um, it was, wasn't that Ben Miller? Ben Miller. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
about the fact that what he decided to wear yeah. as his character yeah. and how difficult that was because it is hot, oh yeah it? well that was the Radio Times interview and they slightly got it wrong because I made it sound like it was entirely Ben's fault which, which not he, he <laughs> right. didn't choose the costume but it just makes me laugh that his character had a, his, he had a line that was written for him that he had to say and it still tickles me now because when you're out there that's the biggest problem is the heat and mm. most, most every, you know most of the other um, characters they're dressed for the Caribbean they're yeah. in linens mm. and whatever um, but Ben's character was uptight and very English and didn't want to be there and so he, he had a dark three piece wool suit <laughs> and he was desperate to take it off but literally in the pilot episode in about, within the first like 15 minutes somebody goes sir if you're so hot he complains about being hot all the time sir if you're so hot why don't you take off your jacket and he says don't be ridiculous I'm a member of the British police force <laughs> oh, and that line oh, killed him for three years because he could never take his jacket off oh, and it's, wow. I just thought that was amazing have you, uh, so this series is is done is it in the back? Uh, done all that already? well so my my yeah. first episode is tonight yeah mm. um and so i uh this is it we're exactly halfway through the series mm. so uh ardlo handlin who's brilliant uh he left uh last week at the yeah. end of episode four and i arrived tonight at the beginning of episode five so i've already done two and a half months out there last year and i'm going back for five months this year Okay. I love Don Warrington in it. Of course. Oh, he's, listeners will remember him from he's Rising the Don. Damp. Yeah. He's the Don. He's, he's fantastic. An it? absolute and, hero. And uh, Ruby Patterson, the, the your assistant. Shaiko Amos, Shaiko. yeah. She's, she's so, so good. Too. It's actually a great, because the, the core cast are just brilliant. And mm. um, I have to say, you know, coming in halfway through a series uh, and they'd all been working together... No, it could have been it yeah. could have been pretty tricky, mm. but they were just amazing, so welcoming, totally up for it. I think actually it slightly helped me that I had done it before because you know if you're going out there and you absolutely don't know what to expect, uh, it could probably be a little mm. trickier. But I was just already knew exactly what the you know the town looks like and where you stay and everything, so it's kind of I was able to just sort of yeah, like hit the ground running. Uh, we've had a, a, a listener interaction. Matt, um, somebody called Matt Rushton says, "Has Ralph forgiven me for telling him to track back in the Monday Five Aside game about three months ago?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, no, because um, uh, Max's positional sense isn't good enough for him to tell me to go anywhere. Okay, let's be clear. Yeah. So that's told you, Max. <laughs> yeah. 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 Talking of football, we should mention the inside number nine, which we both loved. We yeah. David Morrissey on last week, and you played the sort of egotistical right, yeah. linesman. If listeners haven't heard it, I, we don't want to give too much away. But, to it, but if, you should catch up with it. It was really good. Yeah, well, it was nice to play. You know, I think re- re- you know referees and linesmen, they don't get enough. Um, they don't get enough uh, not scrutiny but they don't they, there's not a lot of drama or comedy written about no. a referee or linesman let's no, say. So, uh, so when Steve, and Steve Pemberton and Rhys Shearsmith came up with this episode of Inside Number 9 I mean I love Inside I couldn't be a bigger fan of the show anyway I just think it's amazing I think those two are genius um, and uh, I've loved it since it started so when they said we've got this uh, episode we'd love you to be in it it's about referees and linesmen it's you know funny by turns dark by turns there's mm. twists and everything I was like I couldn't have couldn't have said yes quick enough um, except that the way Steve phrased it to me he said hey listen uh, we'd love you to be an inside number nine you're playing a linesman he's vain egotistical and ruthlessly <laughs> ambitious you're perfect for it <laughs> I'm like well thanks Steve I think <laughs> the actual dressing room itself looked quite downbeat didn't it and you think mm. oh a Premier League club it'd be better than that mm. but 
uh, I, I listened to this a podcast off the yeah. back of it, which they've started doing around Inside Number Nine, and they basically they did quite a lot of research, and yeah. and that was pretty much what referees get. Well, a lot of research, and they went um, uh, they went to a, to a, a fair few grounds as yeah. well. And what the what the the sad truth was that there wasn't um, we were going to shoot in a real ground, but in the end we shot in a, in a studio. We built that dressing room in a studio mm. uh, because we had to sort of make it fakely bigger than it would have been just yeah. in order to get the cameras and the lights in. So even though it was pretty downbeat on the screen. In reality, they're even a lot smaller and pokier than that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a f- funny job in it being a referee. I mean, you must have had plenty of referees on here, but mm. I mean, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it for yeah. all the money. Yeah, the look at the view you have. You travel around the world. You you see these wonderful players. Obviously, at the highest level. You've got the best view in the house. Yeah, but everyone know. hates you. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and you can't please anyone what can ever. You do? I mean, I know. Mike Dean, there. He, we were talking about this on the show. He was his 500th game, and it was at Arsenal. This, mm. and they, they announced it. And the crowd all booed him. You think, yeah. oh, for goodness sake, yeah, exactly. 500 yeah. games. They give the lad a break, yeah, you know. I think so. And you know, every referee is always supposedly <laughs> biased against one team or another. But there's always loads of you know, quote yeah, unquote, yeah. evidence yeah. one way or the other. And it's just, I mean, I would, it's, I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't. I take my hat off to him. And he was telling me you're you're, you're doing a. a Series with Ricky Tomlinson is that right? Yeah, we're doing it. We we've 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 done it. We went um, I, just after I got back from Guadeloupe last year. Mate, Ricky and I spent five weeks traveling around the north in his camper van. Oh, that would be um, good. Yeah, be Ricky and Ralph's very northern road trip. Well, um, when we did the Royal Family, you know, twenty years ago, I turned twenty and Ricky turned eight, uh, turned sixty. Hmm. Um, and this year, I turn forty on Saturday, in fact, um, which is devastating. And um, <laughs> uh, and Ricky turned eighty. Yeah. So. In that 20 years, it sort of the, the idea was we were just going to go around the north and see how it's changed, if it's changed, see some of the highlights, some of the new um, ways in which the, the north has changed, see some of the traditional bits. So wow. it's just great. And, you know, there's a lot of... Yeah, Ricky tells... Ricky only has six anecdotes, but he's so he's so good at them <laughs> that every time they change slightly and they're just hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's great. He's hilarious. We make each other laugh. There's a, li- there's a little bit of kind of gentle bickering, which is what you'd expect. <laughs> Basically felt like a very father-son dynamic. Yeah, actually. really. Sounds When's fun. that going out? Um, we think probably sometime in March this year, maybe on, um, yeah, around about March on UK Gold. Oh, brilliant. Sounds Excellent. really, really good. Yeah. And so, I saw you on the one show last night and yeah. you were with Matt Hampson. He's an incredible guy. Now I was really yeah. moved by Yeah, that. absolutely. What a what His book is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah and the amount of people he's inspired. And when he mm. said, you know, what did he say last night? I think he was just saying, because he became a tetraplegic from rugby and he said... Um, he felt really sorry for himself and then he just said yeah I had a word with myself and said it's time to get over it and get on with life and I was like wow yeah, I mean, you look at that. It really what does an make extraordinary you man yeah, yeah he was amazing so. um, football wise you uh, you able to have a kick about when you're over there when you're over in Guadalupe yes there a little yeah, sort of yeah there's a football game? yeah there is yeah. well um, there was talk of a crew game and mm. then when I arrived I um I bet, I've never been I've never been like a diva-ish actor or starry really in any way uh, apart from when I arrived in in Guadalupe and I was like <laughs> right I don't care about where I'm staying I don't care how big my dressing room is but we're sorting out football and we're playing this weekend <laughs> I was threw my weight around but yeah it was amazing I, I, you know some people like to whenever they travel some people like to I don't know visit a cinema or, or you know they like to collect I went to this museum or I went to this football ground I like to I like to try and play football everywhere I go mm. like whether it's on a five-a-side pitch or a full pitch or whatever and I've now you know le- legit played a few games on a full-size pitch in, in the Caribbean and that was quite something we uh, actually played against the local team oh okay and the Premier League game's been shown on the scene yeah what's going oh yeah on. yeah yeah, yeah. Been, following, the been following how um, uh, you know Man United's triumphs that's been great <laughs> are you, are you pro Ole or not do you think it's time to change I think it's a complicated question mm. and I think um, my opinion veers I mean I, I love him and you know he's a legend at the club and I think that he um 
I think that his the direction he wants to take them in and the style he wants to play in, um, I love it all. And I'm all always about giving managers time. So, um, yeah, I think you know it's fair to say I'm pro, but I don't know. It's just we're impatient. All football fans are impatient, and Man United fans are particularly impatient because we're not used to this. Yeah, yeah. It's it's weird. Mm. I mean, for the last twenty years, I'm like football fan. Being a football fan is really easy. You just win everything, and then occasionally <laughs> when you don't, you go, oh, "Well, we'll be back next year," and you go, "Oh no, this is the reality." Yeah. So. Um, yeah, but, you know, it's good for the game. It's good for the sport. Mm. Let's tip our hats to Liverpool. I mean, the th- my issue with Liverpool is that they're, it's not <laughs> it's, just... It's that before you've tipped your hat around. Yeah, well, no, it, it's, it's, a, it's another hat. It's, it's a backward compliment <laughs> hat tip. Is My issue with Liverpool is not only are they so brilliant, but they're so irritatingly likeable. That, that's, it's, at least have the decency to just be awful yeah. so that we can well, all just like dirty we, yeah like we can all hate you and you know, <laughs> boo but you better play boring football it's like they just seem like really nice guys Klopp's just great fun yeah. so it's really the annoying when you can't wonderful position when now, you though, can't they, hate a team you know they've got full gloating rights of course and, and you know you can't yeah. argue that they don't they well don't you just deserve. be working with Dave Morrissey so I bet that was fun wasn't it some uh, conversations uh, about uh, Manchester United I tried to avoid them as much as possible but he managed to get crowbarring in how well they were doing we don't want to give the payoff away but uh, when you yeah um, go and check out the podcast I was talking about because you'll see that uh, David Morrissey had a had an issue with yes. uh, the payoff that's didn't right he? yes he uh, did have an issue with the payoff yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a staunch Liverpool fan he didn't like pretending to be anything other no <laughs> so, no, yeah that, he didn't yeah. even like having to referee a game that wasn't uh, that didn't have uh, Liverpool mentioned in it yeah. so, <laughs> well yeah. uh, Ralph love to see you as always excellent always um, a pleasure thanks um, guys so starts tonight so how many shows uh, in what remains of this series um, there's four episodes yeah. my first one tonight and then yeah. there's um, three more uh, and then next series um, all being well I do eight fantastic brilliant yeah. so nine o'clock BBC One tonight good luck to Chelsea Town this Saturday top of the league clash my old club okay. after they won the FA Vars last year fantastic yeah top of against Tootin and Mitchum it's going to be a big game. I mean, that's that's I think how we've got that, it live. That's how, yeah. Have you got? Are you going to be yeah. covering it? That's how I'm going to celebrate my 40th birthday. Is oh, uh, <laughs> uh, that's not true actually? But um, yeah. now that I think about it, that would be quite a fun. It would thing be. To it do. would be. Yeah. <laughs> Get you on for 10 minutes. Could... Yeah. Exactly. Fantastic. Well, you know, maybe we can still do a job. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. Well, Matt Scott has joined us as he does every week. The analyst is going to crunch the numbers. It's always very interesting uh, when you are confronted with the numbers to find sometimes they fly in the face of uh, what you you see with your own eyes but sometimes not good afternoon Matt hi fellas uh, where should I tell you what Andy had a thought and asked you to, to have a look at this it was on midfielders midfield players sort of generally in the Premier League and you've been you've been taking a look at who are the most effective and maybe who flattered to deceive yeah I did um I mean, obviously, when you when they say that it's uh, in the midfield that the game is won and lost, it, it, I think that's broadly true, and uh, it is a very important part of the game. I mean, Burnley have probably bucked that trend a little bit. They tend to miss theirs out altogether. And be- <laughs> believe it or not, they are the fourth most efficient team in the league in terms of uh, of expected goals uh, per minute of possession. So it, it doesn't always follow that you need to win the midfield battle. Maybe Charles Hughes had it right, but then again. I don't think uh, we'd be paying modern <laughs> ticket prices, however much craft no. beer and comfy upholstery we get, <laughs> I mean, if, if we had gone long ball every time. So, yeah, these days uh, we, we, we want to see a proper midfield game and um, we can see who's effective and who isn't from the numbers. And uh, there's a few uh, things that go into making a, a good midfielder. Um, Usually our, our teams now are, are playing three across the middle, except for Burnley, and, you've, and that means you've got your holding midfielders, your attacking midfielders, and your all-rounders, your box-to-box men in the middle. Mm. Um, and their outputs will break down in a number of ways, like, like tackling and interceptions for the ball winners and goals and chance creation for the attacking midfielders. There are other things, of course, like pressing and aerial ability and distances run and all that kind of stuff as well. But, but these things are important. And um, everybody does have to do a bit of everything. Uh, as well so uh, you have to be able to put a tackle in whoever you are Richarlison as we saw last week when we were discussing that he's, his ability to do that in the final third is fantastic so um, it's a piece I've done on, uh, that's coming out in the sun on Richarlison if you, in case you did miss that chat last week but um, let's have a little look at, uh, uh, at who the players are and um, our specialists and uh, if you're looking at the best ball winners the top man in the division is no surprise Wilfred and Didi the man is an absolute Machine. I mean, his 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 ball recoveries are almost five a game, which is astonishing. You know, in terms of interceptions, he's getting the ball three three and a half times a game. So you know, seven times every couple of games, and that means that he is able to spring attacks when a team is mm. is is having the ball intercepted. They're set up to attack. So the the ability to spring the counter when mm. you've got. Jamie Vardy uh, and the pace of Iosi Perez alongside him, whether it's Damari Gray, yeah, whatever, or Nacho, any of those, yeah, yeah. any of those players, mm. then you are you are. That's why they play on the counter so well, is because they've got a man in the middle who is that pivot and able to win the ball back. And Kanté is is not far behind Ndidi at all. He is the second best at, at doing that, and and that's despite him playing in a more advanced position these days. Yeah, because I watched him differently on Saturday mm. with you in mind. And I, I, he won loads of ball mm. on Saturday. Of course, he has that same problem that when he gets the ball, not, or doesn't always use it as well as he could do, I think. Yeah, he he doesn't have the vision. His actual, his passing accuracy is is four out of five. You know, it's, it's north mm. of that. It's 80 
84, 85. That's percent. pretty good, though. It's very good. So, you know, that, that he is a ball circulator as well. Um, but, yeah, his principal role is, is winning that ball back, and it is essential for Chelsea in the same way as it is for, for Leicester. It's the, the, the style of play. He has been, I would say, Chelsea's best player since, since they bought him. I think, I would argue, he's been probably the best player in the league um, that, since he's Despite he, yeah, lack England. of goals, despite lack Absolutely. of assists and all that. I, I often wonder with midfielder stats, Matt, when you, when you hear about them, you know, you hear completed passes, but then, you know, 85% of those completed passes could be a four-yard yeah. pass popped off square, couldn't it, yeah. to the other midfielder? Yeah. So I suppose the, the stats, the, the, how effective they are, you talk about Ndidi, I'm sure quite a lot of those interceptions do actually lead to goals. Yes. That's what makes the difference. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's, uh, there, there are a number of passing chain uh, stats as well, which are really important. So it's about, you know, how do your passes, it's not just about the final pass for the assist, how does your pass contribute yeah. to, to that as to that chain of passes that leads to a goal. So, so that's an important part of it as well. We will come on to that because yeah. I think it also depends mm. on, you know, passing accuracy. It depends on where you are operating in the pitch as well. And there's somebody who's a proper outlier uh, in terms of that further up the, the park as well. Third in the in those three that we've talked about uh, there as well, the, the, the ball winners is, is Etienne Capu, who's another very tidy ball circulator and can also put himself about. So um, so those are the three top performing defensive midfielders. In in Further up the pitch, the other end of the spectrum, completely, is, is Jack Grealish. He's somebody who will not put his foot in at all. And why would you? You've got no shin pads. You've got no leather coating on your boots. <laughs> why on earth would you put yourself in harm's way? Uh, but he is absolutely the top performer wow. uh, at the other end of the pitch. Um, and his passing accuracy is 85%, which is, in terms of being in the final third, that is spectacular. Mm. I mean... Um, because yes, there's more difficulty in his passes. Absolutely, yeah. you're trying to you're trying to you know you're not playing those little drop yeah. it off passing it back to the defence with you you know back to the centre circle. This is a player who's mm. trying to find his way forward. Um, he's setting up 2.7 chances a game, so he doesn't take the most risks. But you know that's still five five shooting chances every two games, which is outstanding. Um, but where he's really doing things for Dean Smith is winning fouls in the final third, which is also a really important thing. He does nearly five every single game. So um, we, I wonder we how much sorry, Paul. Yeah. I wonder how much Gareth looks at these sort of numbers. Well, I was about to say that because we were talking about this. We were talking about Mason Mount, Jack mm. Grealish, and uh, and James Madison. Mm. My feeling was when it comes to it, Gareth knows Mount. He's worked with Mount, and he may stick with Mount. Uh, yeah. even though the numbers suggest uh, he should look elsewhere or certainly try players before yes. the uh, Euros. Yeah, and I, I think part of it as well is down to, to reputations. You know, um, I think it, it, we, we've seen that managers, England managers, successive England managers, have only really picked from players at Champions League clubs. And I think that's because they're worried about the criticism. If they go for somebody, you know, back in the day when Steve Ball was playing for England, yeah. when, when mm. in the second division for Wolves, you know, people would be scratching their heads. And, and I think, you know, if you go for the safe option, mate amount a great player. Oh, he is, yeah. But, but he, he mm. isn't one of the absolute outliers. Well, and I, I would rather see, personally, I would rather see uh, James Madison in there. Also, it's also about where you are in your game and developed. You know, he's very young. He's, what, 19, 20, Grealish is 24. Mm. Mm. That's a big. You can imagine Mount in four or five years yeah. being absolutely fantastic. Mm. I, I agree with that. Yeah, and it's also about where he can play on the pitch. He can play in a more withdrawn role, so that's so that's quite important. Uh, all rounders. Um, let's have a quick look at those. Um, third among them is uh, is Fred. 
uh, at Manchester United. He's having a better season, isn't he? Yeah. he really to the is. eye, anyway. Yeah, people have picked up on that. Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and he definitely is. I mean, he's no goal threat, but that's mainly because he's shooting from you know a long way outside the box. He's hit, hitting the target with only one in four of his efforts, so uh, you certainly wouldn't play him uh, through the middle of centre-forward. But <laughs> but he will set up uh, a couple of chances uh, for, for, for others every few games, and, and that's not too bad. Um, but his real skill is a game that's in reading the game and positioning himself to cut out passes, those interceptions, creating the transitions for another counter-attacking team. Really good, 1.6 interceptions a game. Um, next up is uh, Jean Moutinho at Wolves. Um, oh. He's a top 20 midfield performer, both in terms of his attacking and defensive out- output. So again, a real proper circulator of the ball like Fred. Um, both of them have played more than 1,000 passes this season. So, um, he, But his passing is more penetrative. He's, he's, he's averaging 2.3 chances a game, so five every couple of games. Uh, but I've saved... The, the, the best player in the midfield till last. I mean, all in all, he is absolutely the top producing midfielder in the Premier League. And uh, you've you've picked him before. It's it's Emmanuel Buendia at uh, Norwich. And genuinely, I think I'm in love. Um, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. But I know that you put him forward as a possible player for Arsenal. Mm. And you've got pushbacks and your people. Mm. It's typical, isn't it? People yeah. look at it and say, oh, he plays for Is that because people want stars? They yeah, want they big do, yeah. names. They're, they're, they're beguiled by names. And, you know, I mean, it, of course, if he had a, if he had a foreign name, they'd all want him. Yeah. Oh, hang, oh, hang on. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I mean, this lad, he's, he's, he's tearing teams to shreds. You can see it, though. You can Every see week. it when he plays. I'm, I'm amazed that fans would be like this. It's, it's, it's bonkers. Um, but, um, don't you sometimes, oh, yeah, well, he's doing it for Norwich. You get that criticism. Well, yeah, yeah. He's so doing what? it for Norwich. Yeah. But you know, I know. I, I don't see, I'm not saying that makes sense. I'm saying, because, oh, yeah, well, it would be different if he had to do no, it for it makes no a sense, top six club. It doesn't, <laughs> does it? It's actually Absolutely. harder to do it for the <laughs> Of course it is. <laughs> it's massively harder. Yeah. I mean, he's he's in the his passing and his ball carrying ability are absolutely off the scale. Um, he's even in the top thirty midfielders for winning the ball back as well, which is absolutely mad because nobody else in the you Norwich team ever wins the ball back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you see who does go for him if Norwich go down. Well, maybe Norwich will keep him, but if they don't keep him and sell him, I do hope it's Arsenal. I really <laughs> do. So um, strangely, I don't. <laughs> I mean, his thing is I mean he's completing like four dribbles a game we're certainly attempting four dribbles a game completing like 75-80% of those yeah. which is astonishing return um, if he could add a goal to his game which is never easy if you're in a Norwich shirt of course uh, then I, I genuinely believe he'd be atta- attracting the likes of Barcelona or Real Madrid I, I think he is that good wow. and so if they don't bin off Ozil and, and sign him in the summer I think I'll cry cool. thanks Matt it's been a good day for Buendia yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. thank you that's yeah. Look at that. That's fantastic, isn't it? <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Now, uh, oh, yeah. a bit of football chat. Okay. Um, contentious moment from last night's game. Yes. Was that was that a penalty for you or not last night? Uh, at first, I thought it wasn't a penalty. Mm. But I think he did grab him. Gunn did grab the, his arm, grabbed Son's thigh. Leg. Yeah. And although he was playing for it, there was contact. And so if you're going to go for that, you can see why... VAR mm. didn't overturn it. When it, I watched it back, fortunate. I was slightly fearful. I think Jason was saying this last night. Yeah. Uh, I was slightly fearful that they would overturn it. Well, I, I, thought, won- I thought he played the ball. You see, gun. Yeah. I thought his foot touched the ball. And, and I worried if there was, was su- the arm. sufficient contact to bring him down. But then I thought about it. Son, you know, I think there would have been no reason for going down at that point because he had control well, of the ball. No, he was more does, or less part of the keeper. He kind of overplayed it, I thought. Oh, I don't think he had. He looked yeah. to me like mm. he was in control of it. I would have backed him to still score. But as soon as he laid hands on him yeah. and grabbed his leg. It probably was a penalty. And, uh, you know, 
Southampton have only got themselves to blame. They, you know, they they were the better team on the night. They did what City did the other day. They didn't take their chances, you know, and uh, they Spurs had a touch of luck with the first goal. And so, you know, yeah. But Delhi Alley was great when he came on. So yeah. you know, in the end, it was a it was a good co- did make it, did make a big I, difference. I did think that um, Redmond was the man of the match. Really, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's hard when they're on the we, losing. We talked about this the other day. Sometimes you know, the man of the match for whatever reason. I mean, Steve McManus, Steve McManus was going to give mm. it to Redmond. Then Tottenham suddenly score. Yeah, no, I get and it. Then I, I suppose, understand why. But yeah. you don't have to give it to the winning side. But I suppose it's, it's difficult, difficult isn't otherwise. It? Yeah, isn't yeah. It? Yeah. It's always tricky. So uh, I don't know if you uh, read this morning. I was reading about Victoria Beckham's new. Uh, Cream is a good story. Now you get cream. some. Well, no, I'm not because it's 180 pounds. Okay. And the sun did a bit well, of. Well, you'd say you were quite prepared to spend 250 <laughs> quid on a pair of vapor flies. Just yes. Now. Well, if I could get vapor flies for 10 quid that were exactly the same, I'd buy those. Okay. Well, because this apparently, been... according to the sun, it's identical uh, the makeup of the product to uh, Nivea. There must be there must be one or two subtle differences. Well, there must be an eleven herb and spice in there. I don't know. It says it's got the same sort of stuff in it. But I love the fact that she said uh, <laughs> she she said she'd worked on it for a long, long time and was very excited. Was, what, yeah, was there a big queue at Boots to buy some Nivea? <laughs> <laughs> That's very harsh, Andy. Oh, very, very harsh, yeah. Very no. harsh. Talking of endorsing things in a ridiculous way, though, Rita Ora's in the uh, paper today. Is yes. she really? Yes, that's, that's unusual. That's very unusual, isn't it? Mm. And uh, she's launched a bedding collection. And uh, she's, there's nothing this woman won't endorse. It's tremendous. Yeah. She said her busy schedule means she needs a good night's sleep to cope. Who doesn't? <laughs> oh, yeah, we can all go without sleep. Well, it's yeah, brilliant. It's been very many interiors, famous people through history. She says, interiors are a passion of mine. It's been fun to be able in, to incorporate my favourite things into the design. Where can we find these on sale, Andy? I don't, I'm not buying them. Chain? You won't be buying them? I'd rather buy them. Well, you've already spent flies. 250 quid on your vapour flight, 180 <laughs> on your afford, face cream. I can't afford those. Uh, let's spare a thought for Big Tim, the giant elephant. Oh, that's spare who, a thought. Yeah. Who has died. He's one of Africa's last giant tuskers. Oh, oh that's not good. But he was described uh, by uh, the country's wildlife service in Kenya as a benevolent... Slow moving preserver of the peace. Well, he was a blooming great elephant. He's not going to be like Usain Bolt, is it? Yeah. If you give him vapor flies. No, that's. You've got to get four, and they have to be a big size, but there is no point now, sadly, is there? <laughs> we were talking about the church team the other week, the Arch- I can remember. Archbishop of uh, Canterbury FC. Yeah, caught me out on Don't Ask Me, but the Archbishop of Canterbury uh, 11 and uh, FC, and uh, they're being sponsored. They've got a sponsor, which is tremendous. Mm. They are being sponsored by Pierce Funeral Services of Swindon. Oh, okay. It's a strange one, isn't it? A strange tie-up. I suppose there's a sort of, there is a, some sort of tie-up there, but, you know. Well, yeah, I'd like to... Yeah, clearly. Yeah, well, clearly. There clearly is some sort of tie-up. <laughs> yeah. uh, sad news about Kirk Douglas, but I think it's the ultimate oh, yeah. had-a-good-inning story, isn't it, really? Well, 103. 103. Was quite amazing still, right up uh, to the end, wasn't it? You'd still see footage yeah. of him looking Tremendous. pretty sprightly. Uh, but um, have you got a favourite Kirk Douglas film? Um... Uh, not really, I don't think. I mean, I'm stand not... out. He did make a. He made, well, he a, made bo- a. He made a lot, didn't he? Well, he, he, made did. he made. He made a fine boxing film as well, uh, yeah. called Champion, um, uh, back in the day, but which rarely gets uh, shown these days. But he played a boxer in that. There was a brilliant. Uh, you know, we always talk about it on the show. Headline explained in the Sun today. The headline was. I was Spartacus, which is very clever, but then yeah. they felt the need to say, actor known for his thing, I am Spartacus. Yes, yes, we all get it. If you yeah, don't get it, right. you won't mean anything. Paths of Glory, you ever seen that? 
Uh, One of the great war films, Stanley Kubrick. Um, it's first world war film. Go and, go and check it out. I wouldn't remember it even if I had seen it. I think there's more than a nod by old Sam Mendes. I've not heard yeah. him talk about it, but some of the scenes yeah. in the trench. No, it's a little sure walkthrough scene. It's, it's, it's a genius film. It's a brilliant film. So uh, No, absolutely. Yeah. So, no question about it. Uh, what else have we got? Oh, yeah, this letter in the sun from Alf Fell. This is oh, a yeah. good one. This Alf says... Uh, Liverpool boss Jurgen Klopp insulted League One side Shrewsbury time, Town rather by fielding a team of teenagers for the two clubs uh, FA Cup tie. Disgraceful. You do know the score, Alf, don't you? You do know Liverpool won the game. Oh, well, see, in many people's eyes, that's not justification. Oh, rubbish. I just they put won. it out there. No, they won. You know, okay, fair enough. They were entitled. Liverpool were entitled to do that. It was up to Shrewsbury to win the game. They didn't win the game. So what can what can you say? I, I do feel yes. I get the idea that the the, the money they would have because it probably would have been on telly. So yeah. you know, you just wonder whether Liverpool would make some sort of adjustment. That, um, maybe they will. I, t- I take it the TV games in this next round will be Derby Manchester United because of the Wayne Rooney factor. Yes, that would be surely. And Chelsea Liverpool. Got to be Chelsea. I Liverpool. would think. Yeah, we are. I've just the club had, had told us earlier, and we're playing on the Wednesday. Uh, of that, are there games being played on the Tuesday night? I've not seen the fixtures where no they decided the no. fifth round games. You'll, will you go to that? Yes, of oh, course. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be there for the Norwich. Oh, game. It'll be a good game. I hope Liverpool put out a good side. I hope they don't try and do this thing where they put out a mixture of youth and then they sort of try. And then Chelsea lose to that would be quite embarrassing. <laughs> if you're going to lose, I'd rather lose to the to the first team. Do you think there will be two first teams in that game? Uh, I think. It, well, I think Chelsea will. Yeah, I can't, I can't see why not. Um, they've got oh, yeah, big squad. Is this right? Um, I just no, sorry. I just thought I just seen the I just seen the fifth round games. That's uh, quite interesting. Well, let me just double check. These are these are the ones when they're going to be played. Apparently, this is this is the case. Uh, Portsmouth Arsenal is going to be on Monday the second at seven forty five. Oh, so it's going to be across the whole week. This is it. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So I take that will obviously be one of the TV games. I want to just check the other ones first because I'm not quite sure about the schedule there. But yeah, look, the listeners may know this anyway. But this is news to me. But we'll, yeah. we'll go and check it Darts. out because of course we'll be bringing you yeah. many of these fine games here on uh, on Talk Sport as well. Darts player Peter Wright has revealed uh, how social media jibes inspired him to the world title. Apparently, he was unhappy at being called Parrot. Why have that haircut then? It's ridiculous, isn't it? Oh, I don't like it. People go, well, get a normal haircut then. Cool, you are railing today. Oh, aren't it's Andy, bonkers, really? isn't it? You can't really it's complain good. about it, can you, really? Talks me and Jacob Sean on TalkSport. Gareth Batley joins us. Uh, I think I get annoyed about it. It's not worth yeah, being Really, about, it's it? not, mate. It's I just, agree. just life's Complete. too short, fella. It really is. Mind you, I do like the uh, chief... Actually, no, I won't do this story. I've just no, realised why. No, I've changed bloody. my mind. A rare bit of self-censorship <laughs> from Andy Jacobs. It rarely happens. Normally what happens is he said... I've got something. He said to me and the producer, can I say this? And we'll say, probably in about 1964, but not now. <laughs> that wasn't one of those. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Now, you may recall in the, sort of, a couple of hours after it was decided by the Premier League to move the transfer window unilaterally. Uh, to uh, earlier in the month hmm. uh, on the basis that we hoped Europe would follow suit. Um, we had a chat with Peter Coates, the uh, Stoke chairman, who was very much for them and thought it was a great thing. He just felt that the clubs would be in a strong enough position just to say no uh, yeah. to uh, European clubs if they came calling to unsettle your players. Um, I think we disagreed with him. We at the did, time. yeah, we didn't. We we begged to differ, and I think common sense has prevailed because it would be lovely if all of Europe fell into uh, line with us. 
Because that happens quite a lot, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> but all they did, which is what we suspected, was they would use it as a stick to beat us with. Yeah. And then they wouldn't have to deal with Premier League. And clubs. the hybrid idea made no sense because you were still going to be really vulnerable, which was basically that you, Fit, could, oh, you couldn't sell between clubs yeah. in this country up yeah. to a certain date, but you could still trade in Europe. And it would have just, you know, would have been, it's better. Let's all be aligned that makes yeah. it better and you know all right it's a little bit of disruption but this idea that managers were saying oh you know this what x is unsettled It'd be unsettled anyway yeah and if he, he doesn't get his move he's going to be more unsettled so you know so yeah i think that that is common sense don't you definitely it makes it longer and it, I, you do feel the window is so much longer you know than it needs to be because mm. all the nobody seems to have apart from liverpool deals lined up before you go into the market and everybody leaves it to the last day. And that makes no sense. No, that's true. Do you want to see what effect on the market? Uh, next time out, we'll have to see what happens. Got some planning news. Oh, yeah, so planning news. It's a bit of a staple these days. Planning is not great for uh, Alastair Stewart, who... Uh, oh, we got a jingle. Oh, yeah. Have we got a jingle, yeah. Have we? Uh, I think oh, we've just got to find it. I mean, it's, uh, well, I've it's, got to find the piece. Well, <laughs> it gives everybody a bit of time <laughs> yeah, then, doesn't it, really? We're trying to find it. Hold on. Yeah. I've got those really? telly games, by the way. Oh, I found it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Are you re- we got plans? So we're waiting on that. Oh, well, let's wait for the, Before you tell us about the telly games. Oh, they are for the listeners that don't know this yet. They may well be uh, mm. in the know, but they are spreading. They're all midweek fixtures. The fifth round of the FA Cup, and um, they're going to be spread over four days. Of course, they are. So um, on the Monday, Portsmouth versus Arsenal. That's a televised game. Mm. Then on the Tuesday, you'll be at the Bridge for Chelsea v Liverpool. That's that's on the B, but I'm sure we'll bring that here on Talk Sport. I think we'll be announcing our game shortly the same evening not on the telly uh, Reading Sheffield United and West Brom v Newcastle uh, then on the Wednesday given the choice of uh, Spurs Norwich Leicester Birmingham Sheffield Wednesday Man City uh, the B we've decided to go for Sheffield Wednesday Man City Sheffield Wednesday in pretty good shape at the moment yes but you know it's always dangerous when you're playing Man City that because they be put a out a strong out. side I, I wouldn't have done that it's a strange choice uh, and then on Much the thir- more likely to get a better game between two Premier League teams, I think. But there you go. And then on the Thursday, Derby County versus Manchester United. That will well, be on BT. Yeah, I mean, the, the the obvious one. Obviously, Wayne's involved there. So mm. I've got a bit of fixture news for you too, because uh, while we're in Cheltenham, yeah. Tuesday the 10th of March in the evening, we'll be watching Leipzig against Tottenham. <sighs> OK, well, I hope that's a, yeah, I'm sure that'll be... Uh, I hope it's dead and buried after the first leg at, at the lane. That's my plan. And anyway. then on the Wednesday, we'll be in some restaurant watching on your iPad, Liverpool against Atletico. OK, yeah, that's that sounds about right. We'll bring you Cheltenham again. We're off there with Paddy Power for the full uh, four days. And this year, actually, we're doing a, a kind of preview show in Cheltenham on the Monday. Yeah, hopefully, so, yeah, that yeah. sounds fun. Anyway, oh, do, do you want to planning, planning news? news? Before yeah. we speak to Gareth Batley, planning news. Go on then, jingle. Hawksby and Jacobs planning news on Talk Sport. Well, that was worth the wait. Sensational, I thought it was. What's the what ex news reader Alastair Stewart has lost a planning row with an upmarket farm shop a week after resigning from ITN. Wow. Uh, the presenter objected to an expansion of the Long Barn store in Orisford, Hants, which the owner said employed 54 people. Okay. Stewart, 67, who cares, lives five miles away in a £1.8 million home. Didn't need to know that either. Claimed the scheme to sell more items such as clothing and jewellery would damage independent shops in the market. Why 
Why didn't he just stick to news reading? That's all I'd say. Um, I, th- I thought we were kind of keeping those to sport, but if you want to, you can make them sport and showbiz well, if you like. <laughs> right. I mean, I thought I'd expand it. I thought there was nowhere to go with that after Kevin Keegan's extension. <laughs> well, you may that well long be running right. saga. Anyway, that yeah. was planning news. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. So there we are. That was this afternoon's show, a bit longer than usual. We hope uh, you enjoyed that. Um, and so you, you won't be dispensing any more medical advice to people <laughs> on the not train, will you? Fantastic. <laughs> not a great idea idea especially as, as we discovered it was hopelessly wrong <laughs> that's us then we'll see you tomorrow clips of the week martin kellner uh, motty etc thanks for listening you've been listening to the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m on talk sport even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.